Well, first, did y'all have a good time with Roy last week? That was good. That was a victory doing that. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. And you know, we had another victory this week. Uh, the pastors that uh, meet together weekly for prayer, we actually went down to Cornelius and met some pastors down in Cornelius that are meeting and, and prayed with them and really uh, had got to meet some new pastors and... Yes, so the Lord really wants to do something. I I really believe He's really getting th- getting things ready uh, to really move. Amen. There's going to be a revival, I believe. There's going to be a revival in the church. The church needs to be revived, and then then there's going to be a harvest, a spiritual awakening in the whole area. I I really believe that's what God's going to do, and I've been believing it for a long time, but I'm not going to quit believing that. Amen. We need to really believe what the Lord that the Lord wants to move, and uh, so we ask the Lord to do it. Things started getting loud. Okay, open your Bibles to Luke 7, um, and this is what I want to do this morning. This is non-planned. Is, um, in Luke 7, there is a story about a sinful woman forgiven. A sinful woman forgiven. And what I want to do is I want to read this story to you, and I want to talk to you about worship. Because um, this really is sort of one of the greatest worship passages in the Bible, I believe. Um, and I, here's what I want to do. is somehow or another, we need to be set free in our hearts about worship. Because I think maybe in, in times past, uh, there's been lack, a lack of wisdom to really know how to help people come into a worship experience. Therefore, people feel like they have to worship. They've got this thing on them where you have to do something. Well, the Bible is real clear about the law. Uh, the law is meant to show you what you can't do. Amen? That's, that's the stated purpose in the Scripture about the law. So anytime we put the law on people, guess what they're going to do? They're going to break that law. That's what it's meant to do. The Bible says it's a schoolmaster meant to lead us to Christ, lead, to show us that we can't possibly do what is being asked ask of us. So the church, in its desire to worship God uh, and to get bring people into a worship experience, I believe in some ways has put the law on people. Therefore, people have, have not been able to really enter into a worship experience because they felt like they had to. They had to worship, and they felt like, in, you know, in some situations you had to worship in a specific manner. And ultimately that produced non-worship. You see what I'm saying to you? And what God wants to do, I believe, is wants to, He wants to set us free to really worship Him. Um, you know, when Larry was given the prophetic word this morning, it was so clear what he was saying is those folks in Iraq, many of them, they don't really understand. They're fighting the very people that are trying to set them free from oppression. They're resisting this. And, and that is what has happened, I believe, many times with, with, in Christianity, is the very thing that God wants to do to set you free and bring you into something wonderful, we resist it and we fight it. You hear what I'm saying to you? And I think in the area of worship, which is really a major thing in the Bible, as a matter of fact, you, if you really study the book of Revelations, you'll see the very final battle between Satan and God comes down to the battle over who gets worshipped. 
Go study the Revelations and see if that's not what it's really talking about. Who gets the worship? So worship really is a critical um, issue in the economy of God. Um, let me just say this this morning. You know, I feel like God was really crying out to us this morning during worship for us to worship Him. Uh, and, you know, Larry, you know, he came out here and, and spoke the, the word, prophetic word that, you know, uh, about some people have no understanding. Well, that's no, not a bad, it's not bad to not understand. You hear what I'm saying to you? Um, so I want to give you some understanding because, and this is my whole point, is I believe God wants to release worship in us. Uh, but he, it's not, the way we tried to do it in the past didn't work by trying to get people to worship, trying to make them worship in a certain fashion. It doesn't work. <laughs> Let's face it. People ain't going to worship no matter what. You can read 9,000 scriptures to them in the Bible. They kneel. They raise their hands. You know, they sing choruses, et cetera, et cetera. Guess what it did? It just told people, well, that's a legitimate expression of worship. didn't make them worship. No, it didn't set them free. But let's read this story. And this is, you know, this is really all I wanted to say to you this morning, because I think this is what God's saying to us. Uh, Luke chapter 7, a sinful woman forgiven. And I think, let's just look at that woman being the church, okay? Let's look at that woman being us personally. It says, then one of the Pharisees, this is verse 36, asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Everybody knows Pharisees rep represent religion. Amen? And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flat flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Okay. That sounds real tame reading it. Doesn't it sound tame to you? I mean, you know, it sounds safe. But it, think about being in a house and just think about if that happened today. <laughs> you know, if somebody started uh, weeping over somebody and taking their hair and wiping their feet and kissing their feet and anointing their feet, that's pretty radical, isn't it? Don't, I mean, isn't that radical? Isn't that extreme? I mean, my goodness, that's extreme. Now, when the Pharisee or when the religious system or the religious spirit or religious whatever who had invited him saw this. And let me just say this. The relig religion is always will invite Jesus in to their home. You know, religion is really going after Jesus. They want Jesus. It's not that they don't want Jesus. They want him. They, they wanted to hear from him. They, you know, they knew that Jesus had something. Even today, the religious system and the religious person wants Jesus. They really do. Uh, now, when the Pharisees invited him, saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, and he was talking to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who was touching him, for she is a sinner. Now, let's understand this, what kind of sinner she was. Understood this. This woman was a, a prostitute. Okay? That's what kind of sinner she was. And, you know, the Pharisees, man, if you was a prostitute, you were like, you were nothing. I mean, you know... And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Okay, let's say one owed 500 bucks, $500 and the other $50. And when, they had nothing, and when they had nothing which to repay, in other words, they couldn't pay the man back, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? 
Okay? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. Now listen, in that day, there was a tradition, cultural tradition. When somebody came into your house as a guest, you washed their feet. That was just like inviting, if you invite somebody today, you would offer them something to drink. Just, would you like something to drink? Just like that. It was no, you know, wasn't like a major diversion of washing feet. It was, it was a very natural thing. It's something that happened. It's something expected in, in the culture. So this guy didn't even do that for Jesus. But she washed my, my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. Again, kissing, kissing a visitor into your home, you know, giving them a, a kiss was like shaking somebody's hand, hugging them. You see what I'm saying? These are not extreme things that, that he was asking. But he, listen, he was saying to the religious person, you didn't do these things. You're not doing even what's culturally accepted and expected. You didn't even do the least of them. And now this woman's gotten real extreme about it. You did not anoint my head with oil. Another thing in that culture that they would do for their guests. These were all things that they would normally do. They would kiss the person. They would wash their feet. They would anoint their head with oil. Just like we would come on in the house, have a seat. Would you like something to drink? We, you know, we got hors d'oeuvres. You know, here's some crackers and cheese. You know. <laughs> I'm, let me go on here. I just get really and make everybody mad at me. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this one has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Now you see where the heart of worship comes from in the Bible. It does not come from something we have to do. It really comes from the grace of God. So when there's an encouragement in the church... To worship. It is not trying to get you to do something. It's trying to get you to realize, to have a revelation. Just like what Larry so clearly said, what we can see clearly what, they, what our government is trying to do for those folks. We realize those folks are under bondage. We realize that this government is so wicked that they're under, that they put their women and children out in front of machine gun fire to protect their soldiers. We realize how wicked that is, but they don't see it because they're living in this fear. And so we, as in our government, believe we're doing them a great justice by releasing them and securing their future and getting them out of under oppression. But they can't see it. See, so you have churches and you have people in the church that feel like we're trying to put something on you when we ask you to worship, when we lead you into worship, when we give time for worship. And that is not the truth, let me tell you today. That is not the truth. It's far from the truth. Really what the church should be doing is getting people to worship. We should be reminding them of how much God has forgiven us and how much God has gotten us out from under oppression that we were under, that maybe we've forgotten about or maybe we're still under oppression. But it's not that we're saying you have to do this. You must do it. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying just like what Jesus said this morning. 
This woman had many sins that were forgiven. Therefore, she worshipped. That's why she worshipped. Because she knew the depths of her sins. Do you hear that? Now, what is wrong with that? And what is wrong with the church saying to people, we really, God is calling us into worship. And however that worship may be with you, we, you know, it's been explained to you, you know, different expressions of worship. But then he said to her, verse 48, um, well, no, but to whom little was forgiven, the same loves little. So I, just taking that, and this is not a judgment, this is not a condemnation. But I would say if our hearts are cold and remain cold from expressing our love to God, then we have lost touch with how sinful we were or how sinful we are and what Christ has done for us. We've lost touch with it because there's nothing in our heart rising up to bless Him and worship Him. You see what I'm saying? So putting that more in a, in a positive perspective, when you feel cold, when you feel dead, remind yourself of from whence you came. Remind yourself that you were going to hell. Remind yourself, think about your life, think about all the sins you committed, all the, the sinful lifestyle you live, and think that Jesus said, I don't remember any of that, and I've forgiven you of that, and I have brought you into my family. Think about it in those terms, and that's what I call grace. That's what grace does for you. Grace releases into us this heart to really worship God. It's not a have to. We don't have to do it. We get to do it. It's a privilege of the redeemed people of God. It really is. And there's different forms, there's different expressions of worship. It doesn't all have to be the same. We've just chosen this type. We, we like, like this. We, you know, in fact, you know, there's more. There's more. God has more. There's, you know, and I don't want to use, you know, be extreme and all that, but there is an extreme in God that we haven't entered into. You hear what I'm saying to you? Now, and it's not just being wild and all that stuff. I'm, who's interested in trying to do something in the flesh? I'm not. But I am interested in entering into all that God has for us on this earth today. Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. And I believe what God wants to do, I believe one of the whole reasons this story is in the Bible is for the Lord to really show us where the heart of worship really comes from. And He really wants to impart that heart to the church. Because God really is, He doesn't really like lukewarm stuff. You know, He really doesn't. It does. And it's not the lukewarm person He doesn't like. He just don't like our lukewarmness towards Him. Because He said, this, you know, He who loves little and who loves much is going to be, have a heart more of a heart of gratitude, a heart of love. And, and honestly, if you have that heart in you, you're going to want to express it. Especially when you come together with other Christians who have a desire to express their love for God. And that really is all worship is. It's a, it's a desire in you to express your love and your appreciation to God for what He has done in your life. That's what it's really all about. Y'all hear this? And this is really what God is calling us into. So you've got to ask yourself these hard questions this morning. Honestly. I have to ask myself this hard question. 
Because I'm not talking about emotions here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about emotions. I'm not talking about having a certain style. I'm talking about something that's inside of you. In your heart. Is there really a worship in your heart? Have they ever been that? And if it hasn't, then here's how what you really think in your mind. You think, I'm not... The reality is, you haven't been that bad of a person. God has only forgiven you for a little bit. Therefore, there's nothing in you. But when you come to a revelation that, yes, I was a despicable person. I was a person who needed forgiven. And I got it. And I got blessed. And I got touched. And God rescued me. Then worship will rise in your heart when you come to that realization. I'm not down on people who don't worship God. I mean, and this is not a judgment against nobody. I'm just saying we really need to be asking ourselves these questions because this is what the Bible talks about. So what else are we going to talk about in here this morning? You know, we need to be talking about things that are in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? We need to hear what the Spirit's really saying to the church. You know, I really believe, you know, I really believe somehow or another if we could really just ask God to really give us that heart of worship, I believe He would if we don't have it. doesn't mean you may, you may, let's forget how you're going to express it. I don't want to talk about that. That's not important. What's important is that you realize that you have been forgiven much. And because you've been forgiven much, this is what Jesus said, you will love much. He said that. So I'm saying to you, but you have no heart of worship, you have no desire to worship because you haven't realized how the depth of you've been forgiven. And because you haven't realized that, it hasn't released that worship in your heart. You hear what I'm saying to you? I mean, that's the Bible, right? Isn't that what he was just saying to these people? Didn't they, you know what I'm saying? And I think we really have to ask, ask ourselves these hard questions. We really have to ask ourselves these hard questions. I think um, this morning, you know, Chuck was saying, you know, God bless me. Make it personal. Make it, uh, what was that word? God can deal with our stinginess. Well, this... Selfishness. God wants to talk to us personally, not what everybody else is doing. Not let's have this wonderful corporate experience, which we won't. But what about you as a person about the whole issue of worship? Not just on Sunday morning, but every day. You know, and I just, and what I want to do is I want to set our church free from feeling like we have to do anything. I mean, honestly, because I don't believe in have to, I believe in get to. So I want to take away the rules that you got to stand. You got to. Stand. I was in this church one time, and it blew my mind. They come in and they said, "Stand up!" Everybody in the whole room stood up, and they stood the whole time through worship. And I thought, man, that's not good for me, because I wanted to sit down. My back was killing me. <laughs> but I thought, if I sit down, I'm going to be the only person sitting down here, and I was too scared to sit down. They got these rascals, boy, they're like the army man. They, they say stand up, and they stand, you know, and they say jump, and they say how high, you know. That's, I'm not looking for that in this church. I really want to just say this to everybody in this room. You don't have to worship the Lord. There's no rule that says you have to. 
But I am saying this. We need to figure out, we need to really ask ourselves this question. What is Jesus saying to us? What's the condition of your heart? Do you realize how much you've been forgiven of? Because if you do, you really will start loving Him more. And that's what really worship is. It's just simply this, expressing our love for a Savior who died for us on the cross and saved us from our sins and saved us from ourselves. That's really what it's all about. And that releases love, and that's where the worship thing comes from. Because you realize it. And then, you see, it's not a have to. It's something that rises. They were singing, call this thing out of the, the thing that's in us, that's deep in us, Lord. You know what is deep in there? There is worship down inside there. If you're saved, if you're a Christian, there's worship in you. Because there's a man in you who was the greatest worshiper ever named Christ. And he is dying to worship in your body. There is something in you if you will just let that something have its way. And that's really what my message is this morning. Let that man have his way that's inside of you. Don't have to, you get to. And ask God, just ask Him, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. I don't always feel like worshiping you, Lord. I'm sorry I don't. I know you didn't feel like going on the cross that day. Getting beaten, getting spit on, getting rejected. Yeah, for me. Or for all the things I did wrong, you took the punishment. I know you didn't really want to do that. You said you didn't want to do it, but you said you would do it. I want to thank you today for doing it. And Lord, I just pray right now for every person in this room that you would release a revelation of them. Lord, I think some of us don't realize what we've been saved from. I think some of us don't realize that we were probably destined for death years ago. Many times. We don't realize, Lord, how gracious you are towards us. How merciful you are towards us. And God, I ask you to really reveal that to us today. Give us that heart of worship, Lord. Give us that heart of worship. Um, there was a there was a guy named Matt Redmond uh, who wrote a song. It's a popular worship song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Y'all, y'all, we've sang that song. I read this thing about how they came up with that song um, in their church. They had a pretty evidently, well, you know, obviously a very dynamic worship in their church. But their pastor got real concerned about the worship in the church, so he made them. He just took away. He said, "We're not going. All we're going to do is we're going to have an acoustic guitar, and we're going we're not going to have anything else, because our worship has gotten focused on what the worship, the worship team, and, and the music, and all the, you know, all the stuff that can happen. And that's where the guy, Matt Redman, he was the worship leader at that church, so he was sort of, you know, having to deal with that. But that's where he came up with that song, is I'm coming back to the heart of worship." And I, I just feel like, you know, I want us in this church not to feel like we're under the pressure to do things anymore. And and I, because you know, people accuse you of all kinds of stuff. You got to do this. You got to do that. I forget it. You don't have to do nothing. And if somebody in this church tells you have to, you have to do something, just tell them to come talk to me. In fact, you have permission to tell them that Byron has said no. I do not have to do that. You know. Because I want a church that really is built from a foundation of grace, and everything we do comes from, from God's grace yeah, and, and God's mercy, including worship. 
and that we would come back to that heart of worship. Uh, and you wouldn't feel like you're a second-class citizen on any level, on any level, because there's no second-class citizens in God's kingdom. Everybody's first class. God loves everybody in this room. God can look you straight in your face and say, you're my favorite. He could walk in this room and say, you're my favorite. And you would just say, oh, I'm God's favorite. And, and while God's saying the same thing to the guy next to you, you're my favorite. He just loves to do that. Only God can pull something like that off. You know what I'm saying? But y'all getting this this morning? This is what God's saying to us this morning. He's really saying, I want to release a real love because I want to show you how much you're forgiven from. Amen? So can we give them... We'll have the worship team. Yeah? Can I get the worship team to come back out here? What happened to them? Um, does anybody know a lady named Ruth Ward Heflin? She writes a lot about, um, yeah, she died recently. But um, she wrote all these books about um, worship and about getting God's presence to come. And um, she said something about worship that really helped me. Um, what she says is, is um, worship's almost like, um, it's almost like you need a spirit of worship to fall. It's hard to just start out cold and just start worshiping God. But um, what she talks about is, is to start out with praise and just thanking God for things that he's done for you and, and things like that. And then that's like what Byron was saying. Then, then all of a sudden your heart is feeling worship towards God. And then it's like you can then go into worship from that. So if some of you struggle when you walk in here on a Sunday morning and you're just you're not having that worshipful heart to God, just start thanking him for what he's done for you and thinking about, you know, all he's done for you. And then you'll, you'll soon find your heart turning, you know, to where you actually want to worship God. That's helped me anyway. Yeah, amen. While they're waiting or getting ready, I really want to just really want to bless, you know, bless this. I believe this really is the Lord trying to speak to us particularly this morning. And, and the reason I believe this is because I believe God wants to release extravagant worship. I really believe that, and that's really what I'm, in my heart, I'm going for this extravagant worship. There is songs, the Bible calls them songs of Zion, that are locked up in people's hearts. That when they're sung in the earth, they will flatten you. There, there are some songs that are going to be sang that I promise you, when, when they're sung, you're going to know heaven is singing. Amen? Uh, Becky had this dream, and uh, it was at a wedding. And you remember that dream you was telling me about? And I her, she was telling me about this dream, and I'd be daggone. I was, we were out walking in the field. It about, I about got flattened in the field. It was so powerful when she started saying it to me. But she was at this wedding, and they come share this dream. I can't remember the details of it. Had this dream. Um, this is probably three years ago, but Lori Larson, most of y'all know her. She was in this church, but she and I were in an auditorium, and a wedding was about to take place. And we uh, watched the wedding party start coming out on the stage, and they were all dressed in scarlet-colored clothes and gowns and the whole wedding party. And they proceeded to the front where the marriage was about to take place. And when it did, the bride stood. She took her place, and she began singing the song. And when she began singing the song... Everybody hit the deck. It was so powerful that everybody just fell. I remember just falling in this dream. And Lori and I were at the back watching it. And we just fell under the power of the Holy Spirit because the song was just, just incredible what was coming out of her. 
And the next thing, uh, there were a group of, it was me and Lori and a couple other women. We were sitting on overlooking the ocean and watching the tide come in and out. And I was, we were kind of contemplating what had happened. We were just like swooning, you know, just swooning from what had happened. And I asked the question, I said, someone said, what was that song? I asked that. And then someone else answered and said, Echo. And, you know, that was my dream. And later, um, the verse came to me that, oh, yes, we had also a dog. In the dream, my dog Chelsea came up out of the ocean with a seashell in her hand and uh, in her mouth. And she was giving it to me in her hand. It was in her mouth. And she was handing me this seashell. And and that's all of this was kind of prophetic of this scripture. The scripture says this that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And that Greek word there for have says we echo this treasure in earthen vessel. In other words, we echo the life of God out of us. That's what we have. We're echoing back to him. All it's just him echoing back. All that he's given done through us and to us and through us, all of that. And then the thing about the seashell, well, when you put a seashell in your ear, what do you hear? It's an echo of the ocean. And that's really what worship is. We're just echoing back to God all that he's done in us. It's a powerful dream. And I believe that dream, we're going to see that dream come true. We're going to hear songs that are going to be right from heaven, unplanned, unthought about, that are going to get us. And I believe why a lot of people, people, we need God to touch our lives. We need to experience the presence of God. That's what the body of Christ needs. The body of Christ doesn't need necessarily a bunch of other programs and stuff. We need the God of heaven to touch us. And when Becky shared that dream with me, it, there was something in me that rose up that said this. I, this is what I'm living for, to hear that song. It's a song of Zion that God wants to release in the earth. And, and this, you may be saying, man, what in the world? I don't really understand it. Just what Larry said. Those people in Iraq, do not, many of them do not understand this, what's happening to them, to the point they're fighting it. And I want to say to you this morning, don't fight what God's trying to do to liberate you, to set you free. Don't fight him. 